1: Praying for Priests and Families on Spirit-Filled Radio with your host, Kathleen Beckman. Kathleen is a Catholic evangelist, best-selling author, writer, speaker, and retreat director. She is also the president and co-founder of the International Apostolate Foundation of Prayer for Priests. On this program, we'll discuss topics that are rooted in faith and family. Let's get started. Here's Kathleen.
2: Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Welcome, dear friends, to this week's radio program, Praying for Priests and Families, carried on Spirit-Filled Media. My name is Kathleen Beckman, and I'm in studio at Christ Cathedral Campus, together with guests, Father Tim Donovan and my co-host, Katie Hughes. We will have a lively conversation in a moment, hopefully inspiring, about all things faith and family. So I want to encourage you to just relax, grab your favorite beverage, and find some refreshment and inspiration for your journey. Father Tim and Katie, welcome to this week's program.
3: Thanks for being here, and please greet our listeners. Well, welcome. I hope you enjoy what we have to share and what the Holy Spirit brings.
0: Hello, everyone. Father Tim Donovan here, and happy to have this opportunity to be with you again today.
3: Okay, Father, since
2: now this program we'll be talking about putting on the armor of God and fighting the good fight. Could you lead us in the St. Michael prayer, please?
0: Sure. In the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I invite everyone to join along together. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray and do thou a prince of the heavenly hosts by the power of god cast into hell satan and all the other evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls we ask this to christ our lord amen. amen in the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen
2: for new listeners uh, i want to share a little bit about father tim our special guest this week he serves as the chaplain for the santa margarita high school that's a big job, Father. How many students do you have?
0: This year we have 1750, our largest group ever.
2: It's a huge Catholic campus. We can only imagine all that you that you see there. And uh, he's also the founder and president of Faith and Family Life
0: Catholic Life Ministries, right? Faith and Family Life Catholic Ministries.
2: (laughs) Now we share a little bit about that.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, So we are a public association of the Christian faithful here in the Diocese of Orange. So Bishop Van has erected us to really help promote... Formation tools for family, but also um, resources for them as well. So our mission is really to help rebuild the church one family at a time, and to give them real, concrete tools to be able to do that. So our first initiative is all about faith formation tools, called Pathways, to help parents to be those primary educators at home. And then we're hoping to expand out um, as we grow into some some more um, kind of social services for families, as well as areas of renewal and things. Hopefully, God willing, like a retreat center, maybe in the near future. So yeah, our mission really is to be a support to the family so they can do really what their mission is, to really be the place of witness and the place of sustainability of faith in the world.
2: Thank you, Father. It's a beautiful and much necessary um, ministry and it dovetails beautifully into the Foundation of Prayer for Priests ministry kind of rebuilding or building up, I should say. Re- uh, yours is building up as well, building up the family. Ours is building up the priesthood and they kind of go together because all vocations come from the family. Yeah, right?
0: they don't grow on trees. I'll tell you that. That's
2: right.
0: <laughs> That's the vocation directors.
2: <laughs> and we need to pray, pray, pray for more vocations. But on this week's program, we wanted to talk a little bit about Ephesians 6, putting on the armor of God in the context of the way that the family and priests, um, by extension, really all vocations, are experiencing spiritual warfare. And St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 to put on the armor of God. We're going to talk about each piece of the armor, if you will, in relationship to family, because it's so important that you dress your family in the armor of God. One of the things that strikes me is that God has given us this armor, but He will not force us to put it on, right, Father?
0: Yeah, that's right. I think that it's a it's an invitation, but it's a it's a question too of who we want to live in and where do we want to live out of. And I think what I've realized in my own experience of spiritual warfare as well as in my role here in the diocese is that really it's a matter of knowing that our authority that lives in this is because we are in Christ. And really when we're in Christ, that's when this armor is on us, right? Cause it's his armor. Right. And so his armor comes over us and protects us when we're living in him.
2: Right now full disclosure listeners Father Tim and I are involved in the diocesan healing and deliverance ministry so father is the deliverance point person and um I serve on the team with father and so there's a there's a handful of us maybe more than a handful of us um that uh, assist father Tim in um the carrying out of official when there's a need for a supernatural intervention, if you will, for minor exorcism prayers, not exorcism, not the major rite, but the minor rite. So you and I have a vantage point, and I know, Katie, you're you're well acquainted with spiritual warfare as well, because uh, Spirit-Filled Hearts is also very involved in the ministry of healing and deliverance. So let's just start at the beginning, Father. Could you just kind of explain the reality of spiritual warfare in this day and
0: time? Yeah, we hear in the scriptures that uh, are really our battle is not against, you know, flesh as much as it's against the principalities and powers, which are both names of angels. Um, Principalities and powers are both ranks of angels that have fallen. And and really there's a spiritual battle that is underpinning all of our world. Uh, A battle for souls, a battle to claim uh, either for the kingdom of the world or for the kingdom of God. And so, um, you know, the battle's already been won. Jesus won on uh, Calvary when he gave up his life for us he conquered sin and death but there's this um, battle waging to kind of try to get us to pick a side and so if the evil one this is his domain here as the lord says to us is the world is his domain and and so down here is this battle and um, happens in very cunning and awful ways and always comes and really will use the most weakest parts of us as well and knows very well, knows us better than we know ourselves. And so really what they do is they come at us usually in our weak places um, and in our weak moments and to try to exploit that for, for us to be discouraged, for us to doubt in the Lord and for us to really that same question that I mean, if I write, does God really want what's good for you? Mm-hmm. And when that starts to creep into our lives, then we start to choose things you know, against the Lord and against what's good for us because we doubt, the presence of the goodness of god and as the catechism says right the very first sin was that they let their trust in god die in their hearts and so if the demons can get us to let our trust in god die everything else is possible after that but when we can trust that uh most of their tactics i have found even in my own life and doing this ministry are distraction techniques they want to shake us and they want to get us to stop trusting in god and once that part happens, then the rest can very easy take us down that road. And so really kind of coming back to the Lord, asking for an increase in trust, increase in uh, confidence and hope in him as well. And so they'll come at us in lots of different ways. The temptations and impressions and obsessions and all those kind of things that come at us um, in our flesh, and the world, specific demonic attacks. But really, the um, I think overall their tactic is fear and their tactic is trying to get us to um, shake our faith. And once our faith is shaken in God, that God is you know, somehow equally powerful or less powerful than them, mm-hmm. then they can draw us away. But we have to be reminded that like the authority that's in us comes from God. Like we are in Christ and it's because of our baptism, because of this, this authority that God gives us and continues to pour into our lives through the gift of the Holy spirit. Like this is God's battle. And we have to remind them like, Hey, you already lost. And if you don't go, you know, God's going to take care of you later. And so for us, it's a remembering of that eternal already completed battle and reminds us that the battles we wage every day now is just kind of a keeping ourselves in the place that like, no, God, God won this and God is going to win this in me today, even.
2: Well, one of the, you, you mentioned the, um, temptation in the garden of Eden. One of the other scriptures that keeps coming into my prayer these days is, um, war broke out in heaven and just, I mean, the scripture says, and war broke out in heaven, Michael and angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. And I mean, it just made me think, why am I surprised when there's these interior wars within myself and or my family, because war broke out in heaven, heaven. And that just really struck me. It's like even there in paradise, there were one third angels that would not go along with God's will and saint michael you know is charged by god to cast them down and these angels that are anti divine the divine will are now here to encourage people to go against god's will and god's plan what they rebelled uh, against was god's plan to incarnate in a human being. And so they had this high place in heaven, a little bit of angelology here. So they had this high place in heaven near the throne of God. So you think about that, they're in paradise, they have this high place, and just the thought that the Lord would incarnate, that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, would incarnate in a a lowly human being so far below that choir of angels caused their rebellion. And so this incarnational Lord, this that makes personal this relationship and Jesus coming for our salvation and dying on a cross. All of that is what they rebel against. So, you know, this is something that they try in a very way to target in the home. To cause that kind of rebellion against God, to erase our faith. And I love this quote from Pope Francis. He said, Families are the domestic church where Jesus grows. He grows in the love of spouses, he grows in the lives of children. That is why the enemy so often attacks the family. The devil doesn't want the family, he tries to destroy it. To what? To make sure there's no love there. And I think that if you're in the healing and deliverance ministry, those who serve in it see how the enemy tries to erase love. If they can eclipse that love, that wonderful communion with the Lord, or even the love exchange between a husband and a wife, between parents and children, they they don't want that love exchange. So they're very threatened in a way that tells us how the power of love, the power of relationship is if the enemy is trying to, to destroy it so powerfully, right?
0: Yeah. Theologically, too, there's a very important reason that the demons are going after families specifically in marriages is because the family is a walking, living, breathing icon of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And so if, you know, that is the way that we get to know God, that God has continued to be revealed is through the love of, Of spouses, right? Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, right? That becomes this sacrament, this outward sign of this invisible grace, which is the interior life of the Trinity. Sometimes we forget that reality, right? That married people are participating in this exchange of love that is what who God is that is who God is right this exchange of love who then pour forth his love and you know the Holy Spirit into our hearts and so when we can attack that place and when that place becomes a place of hurt or an anti-witness that is the most powerful thing because what happens is when we can see a, f- a family break, a marriage break, what that does is it triggers in our mind like if that if fidelity can't be there is God faithful right? Mm. That's an incredibly fragile thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we start to question that fidelity of, you know, if this human love is so frail, then like, is God's love even faithful? Does he remain faithful to his promise? Because so many times throughout the entire Old Testament, his love is spousal. Mm -hmm. I will be your God. You will be my people. And his people screwed it up over and over again. And we continue to do that, but he never relented. And he renewed that covenant over and over again until he did it in the person of Christ. And in the person of Christ, he perfectly fulfilled the human role of the covenant in which we're in that now. So the more that we're in Christ, the more that we're able then to participate in that. And so I tell my couples that all the time. The reason we're here is because you got to go back to that fundamental love, which is the cross as the source of the love that you have between each other as spouses. Because if not, your love's going to run out. Mm hmm. But divine love doesn't. And so the more that we can plug into that and be in that place, the wellspring of your your marital life overflows then into your familial life. And so if there's really like division and stuff in there, be very careful, right? Because that's the evil one. And they said that the evil one will do everything in can to push a couple together before they're married and everything in can to rip them apart after they're married. That's the reality that I find.
2: I love that you bring up the, well, we've been talking about the centrality of love because you know, as somebody who has been married forty-seven years now, I was a child bride, and I realized there have been times in my prayer where I wish I could manufacture love because I'm not experiencing that love from my spouse or even, you know, my children. And so, so often I have come to I've come to the realization that I cannot, no matter how much I want to, I cannot manufacture the kind of love like divine love that is unconditional, that is, you know, patient, kind, and and other so other centered. And so it just makes me so dependent on praying for the infilling of love. I mean, even like in situations, I'll just quickly say, Lord, give me your heart for this situation because I need your love, because I'm not feeling the love. And I need your love. I need your heart so that I don't hurt somebody here, you know? And it's just really hit home that, you know, we can't manufacture this kind of love. The love of the gospel, the love that Jesus invites us to, is a demanding love. It's sacrificial. It's self-effacing. It's other-centered. It's patient. It's kind. It's magnanimous. It doesn't count the cost. All of that is the quality of divine love, not human love. But like, you know, this heart exchange, give my heart over to the Lord, and he gives us his heart with which to love as we're called to in a family. I want to say that we can't you know the attack on the family and the priesthood is can't all be blamed on the devil it can't be all be blamed on fallen angels. We have a threefold enemy, and we need to remember that in spiritual warfare because we cannot blame everything on the devil and uh, shouldn't find him in every corner. We must remember that you know we have the spirit of the world which we're influenced by the culture. And you brought this up, Katie, in another program. How much is the spirit of the world—the spirit of anti-gospel, anti-Christ, anti-love, anti-human, anti-marriage—you know—being brought up, and and are are we absorbing that? It's all around us in our culture here in the United States and and globally. And then we have the, the the flesh. You know, we have this thing called concupiscence, and so we have a fleshy way about us, and we want to give in to these passions. And, uh, you know, are very prone to the seven capital sins. And then we have the enemy. So I want to ask you, Katie, to comment a little bit about the spirit of the world and how it can attack families. And
3: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about when you were talking about um, giving your heart to God, while you were saying that I was thinking about we have we have a choice to make a partnership with God mm-hmm. to bring down his kingdom here on Earth where he can reign through us and what we do and bring his glory, how he wants to use us. Or we partner with the enemy and his plan and the things that can do that are our fleshiness and our will and being disobedient. So it's really making a choice of obedience out of love for God and wanting to partner with him and always having that in our mind, so that. We can make better decisions here on earth as far as the world. And there's so many options for everything, even like spiritual Catholic things. There's so much to choose from. What is God calling me to do to bring down his heaven and his kingdom? And then what are the things, you know, I need to take out? So it's really about what of me that isn't good, like these things. and, And that's asking for humility to realize Okay, I'm really attached to maybe it's food, maybe it's clothing, it's shopping, it's friendships that don't bring me closer to the Lord. Or it's um, doing things as a family, sports more important than mass, you know, and then giving our first fruits to God every day. And then that prioritizes your day. And kind of like when you work out, you don't feel like eating junk food It's kind of the same thing, like you work out in prayer with the Lord, you want to keep that going throughout the day. And I think you can make better spiritual, holy choices when you start your day off with the Lord. And you said Mass and spending time in adoration, the rosary, putting God first, your family, consecrating your family to God to direct your choices and go to God for everything that you choose to do. Like, I think... I think it was a little flower, Saint Therese, she would go to God for every little thing. What do I eat? What do you want me to wear where? How do you want me to drive to that place? You know, who do you want me to speak to? What do you want me to say? How should I say it? And then we rely more on him, then it's you know definitely less of us.
2: Right. I think the challenge is to moderate in the family, Father Tim, the social media, the television, all of these things that the enemy can use, you know, that spirit of the world. So I'd like you to comment on that and then explain a little bit more about this idea of concupiscence.
0: Yeah. So we are fleshly people and most of our experiences come in through our senses. And so our eyes and our ears and our experiences of our lives. And so the evil one is primarily going to use those things through the, through the, the, the realm of temptation and through explicit, even, things that are placed in front of us that come in through our eyes and our ears. And those things start to move uh, from our mind, you know, those interior kind of those, inputs into our heart and they start to take kind of root in there. And that's when they start to become the actions, right? So it's like in through our senses, rooted in our hearts and become the actions of our lives. And so when we are consuming media, that is not according to God's will, you know, that distorts the reality of the human person um, and all those kind of things that are out there these days that can very so quickly distort our feelings about others, and then our actions towards others. And so it's a very natural progression that happens there. And so when we kind of regulate what comes into our eyes and ears, can help so much in what comes out in our actions and so if our kids are playing violent video games or scrolling through unbridled access to the internet and all these different apps they have these days and uh, i think we have to be very not afraid but very aware that the evil one is absolutely using modern media to get into our ears and our eyes and you don't have to look very far to do to see that just, um, look into anybody's—if your kid it has Snapchat or or TikTok or Instagram—take a scroll down their kind of feed and see what is being advertised to them, and you'll, your eyes will very quickly be opened to that experience. And so, I think as a parent, we have to discern that. Just saying wonder how much time my kid's spending on that wonder what they're seeing and if we don't know the answers to those questions then i think we need to spend some time to think about that as a parent and then to really sit down and maybe regulate that in a sense to make sure that we're spending more time focusing on the lord than we are on these things of the world because it all comes down to what we focus on and what we give our time and attention to is our priority in our life concupiscence is difficult as we say it was removed you know our original sin is removed at our baptism but concupiscence remains it's kind of i get frustrated with that sometimes i'm like lord i thought you would save us from these things you know but really grace is and virtues in the battle virtues in the struggle and so concupiscence in us is this what the church defines it as like this leaning that's that we are more probably have a more proclivity in us to do things that aren't good for us than to do the good and so the good is a battle it's an uphill thing i always tell people that like water doesn't run uphill Water runs downhill and our humanity is going to go to the easiest thing. And so much of our sin is the easy thing. So much of our sin is trying to satisfy these aching zongs of our life, but with things that we know aren't good for us, but we do. And so that's what concupiscence is, is this leaning towards like the easy way, right? Rather than the, the holy way, which is uphill and grace draws water uphill. And so I think that the difficulty with concupiscence is that it's so, it so infects us all and we do want things that aren't good for us, but at the end of the day, the difference is like when we do those things and we're like, man, I wasn't made for that. That's how we know, you know, that feeling in us, I think.
2: Our conscience. And, you, and the Lord made a provision for the way we are, <laughs> right? It is provision is rec- the great grace of reconciliation. And the abs-
0: prayer, absolutely. You know, yeah. pr-
2: to pray and to be reconciled. We fall, Scripture says, many times a day a good man falls. And so, you know, frequent confession. You talk about the armor of God. I mean, that is one of the most powerful. It's a it's a sacrament. It's more powerful than the rite of exorcism, major or minor, which is a sacramental. So if you you feel some oppression, or temptation that comes from whether it's the world, the flesh, or the devil, one of the first remedies is going to confession. Bring those things to the light. I think the real challenge is because we can also have too much of a good thing, if you will. Like, I have to moderate. I love cooking shows. I like remodel shows. But then they influence me because I want to remodel everything. I want to cook everything. So I have to moderate that, you know, especially if I'm on a book deadline. So it's really a challenge. But um, I think that uh, the family, especially uh, being vigilant and valiant to help to grow in virtue, it will mean moderating these kind of the social media, and parents have to lead by example because I know I'm guilty of having that phone in my hand too much, and it's it's just kind of scary how much we rely on um, things like cell phones these days. So, and all the adults in my family, like at Christmas dinner, when I want. Everybody to put their phone in the basket at the door. Oh my goodness! You know it is really is like
0: (laughs) triggered.
3: (laughs) Not my baby.
0: I I think it's all about attachment. Yes. And in the spiritual in deliverance world, we we deal a lot with attachments. Attachments are relationships, Mm. and the evil one wants to have an attachment and a relationship with us, right, through these other things. But really, the spiritual life is about detachment from the world, so that we can be attached to God. And that's a really key thing that I found in doing spiritual direction with people is like, can we detach so that we can attach? Because if you just detach, you're going to reattach to bad things. Mm -hmm. It's just what it is. So um, I was thinking we could pray through this passage from Ephesians 6 and then we can pray maybe that God would just to wrap our families in this to give them that armor. I think it's intentional on the way that we put it on. There is actually a really cool just for parents with little kids. There's a little Christian toy. You can actually buy the armor of God yes. and teach it to your kids. It actually has like a helmet and a breastplate and, you know, the shot on your feet and a sword and stuff. It's cool. It has those then, and you know, the pieces from St. Paul on there. So, you know, shameless plug, I think you should get that for your kids. Yes. It, even that influences the way that they play, right? Influences those things as well. So let's pray this. Um, this comes from Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 17 here. And I think that we'll just kind of, yeah, pray this through and ask God to really Put this on all of our families in the the father and of the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Finally, draw your strength from the Lord and from his mighty power, put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers with the rulers of the world of this present darkness and with the evil spirits in the heavens. Therefore put on the armor of God that you may be able to resist on that evil day and having done everything to hold your ground. So stand fast with your loins girded in the truth, clothed with righteousness as a breastplate and your feet shod in readiness for the gospel of peace in all circumstances, hold faith as a shield to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God.
2: Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for that, for leading that beautiful prayer. Friends, you've been listening to spirit filled radio, the program praying for priests and families. I'm Kathleen Beckman, the host. I'm here in uh, Christ cathedral radio uh, station and here with katie and father tim in closing let's talk about our takeaway what's your takeaway katie from the program today
3: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i just the, the lord is our strength just ask the grace to go to him when you when you're facing things with family or trials whatever it is and offer up your family for the lord to take care of when things are completely out of your control give your family, your marriage, um, all your relationships to the Lord to handle and ask for the grace to do his will. Beautiful. Father takeaway.
0: Yeah. I think just takeaway for me would be if the Lord is for us, who can be against us, Mm. you know, and like rest in that, like, don't be afraid. That's a, you know, when I laugh at the evil one now, sometimes when I see it happening, I'm like, dude, stop, go away. You know, I don't have any time for this. Um, and now they're just my family. So, Enough give be gone, you know, just to call it what it is and not, not submit to it, but to really fight that, knowing that like God is for us and God is within us.
2: I think for me, the takeaway on the subject of spiritual warfare is the church has an arsenal. Uh, very powerful spiritual weapons and i would encourage you and parents please i think you have a holy duty and responsibility to do this but to make use of the church's sacramentals and um, they are powerful we see this in healing and deliverance they're very effective uh, we we see the devil's resistance to things like rosary resistance to things like holy water uh, sacred space anything that like that that a crucifix the demons don't want to look at a crucifix that's because that's the their defeat and it's our victory so I would say get those sacramentals in your homes and use them with faith, not kind of superstition. It's not magic, right, Father? Nope. (laughs) We use those with faith, and they're blessed things that really are effective in the spiritual battle. So thank you, friends, for listening to this week's program. Until next week, we're assuring you of our prayers, and we will see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.
1: Listening to Praying for Priests and Families here on Spirit Filled Radio with host, author, speaker, and retreat director Kathleen Beckman. If you'd like to find out more about her ministry on Praying for Priests and Families, reach out to us online at SpiritFilledMedia.org. That's SpiritFilledMedia.org. And be sure to download our Spirit Filled Radio app. Until next time, praise be Jesus Christ now and forever.
3: Come Spirit, overshadow me.
0: If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry with a one time or monthly gift. Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our
1: mission to evangelize.